0: And we're live. Welcome to another episode of the Friendly Ex-Muslim Podcast or show, whatever you want to call it. I'm your host, Abdullah Samir. So I have some stuff to share with you guys, a bunch of different things. Uh, I also want to go into more detail on the Aisha topic, some stuff I didn't get to cover last time. And I know I had the stream late, very late, my time. So there's a lot of UK people that couldn't join uh, so I wanted to do it a little bit earlier so the people that missed out on the last live stream could come in and join us. Alrighty, give me a second.
1: Uh let me know if the sound's okay. Okay, it looks like it's uh much better than last time. Uh
0: had some issues with the audio video sync. Hopefully it's <laughs> it's better. Also, I want to test uh, sharing some audio. I'm going to play a clip and see if you guys can hear it okay. So let me give this a shot. Uh, share screen. Okay, let me try share screen. Screen 2. Alrighty. So, oh, okay. There's an option to share system audio. Okay, we're going to try this. <laughs> we am going to try this two different ways, see what happens. First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to play this clip. Let me know if you guys can hear it okay. I'm going to mute my own mic.
1: Assalamu alaikum. I've had conversations with several ex Muslims.
0: Okay, I'm guessing you couldn't hear that. So I'm going to keep my mic on I'm going to try again.
1: Assalamu alaikum. I've had conversations with several ex Muslims over the years. Um, and I've spoken to them just like normally to find out like why they've left Islam. And the number one reason that I have come across from the people I've spoken to is. They've just been treated really badly by Muslims, by Muslim families, communities. And that just put them off um, religion completely. I mean, uh, if you ask them, a lot of them, if you ask them, do you believe in Allah? Do you believe in God? They, They believe in it. They believe in everything, the fundamentals of Islam. But because of the experiences they've gone through, it's completely put them off Islam. And it's funny because some people get put off Islam because the way they have been treated by Muslims, and some non-muslims come to islam because of the way they've been they've been treated by muslims so uh, you know this human element is so important um you know to uh, bring people to islam or to push people away from islam and it's something like we all need to take into consideration in our times right now <laughs> okay so uh if you guys saw that this is not a,
0: not, it doesn't have a big channel or anything, 90, 90 subscribers. But anyways, interesting uh, comments he has there. Uh, you heard a bit of echo. Yeah, John, thanks because I had my microphone on as well. Okay, so just to jump, before we jump into the actual topic, let's just cover this first because this is interesting. Um, this guy, ZD, is 786, 786 meaning Bismillah. He's saying that people leave Islam because of the treatment of Muslims in the Muslim now this is interesting to me this is kind of um, no true Scotsman situation in the sense that they're trying to say that it's not because of Islam that they're leaving Islam it's because of some other issue and he's saying he speaks to many people that have this issue so it's quite possible that there are two issues here one issue being that You know, um, one issue is yes, they have a problem with Islam, and two is they may have a problem with Muslims as well. So it's quite possible that in that this guy he's he's hearing the bad treatment take, but he's missing out on the scriptural take, or maybe he doesn't want to hear that. Maybe he doesn't, maybe that's just not like something that's registering because of the cognitive dissonance. It's just like You know, the guy says something or the girl says, yeah, I left Islam. I had this, you know, Quran has this issue. And also my mom, you know, treated me badly. Okay, so there's multiple issues, but maybe he's just kind of like ignoring a bunch of them and focusing on the ones he wants to focus on, which make Islam seem conveniently perfect. Let me tell you my experience. The people I know, let's start with myself. Let's start with myself. It's kind of like a dumb old take but let's just start with myself I didn't have any problems with my family I am the one that converted to Sunni Islam on my own my family had no issue with that I mean they were happy even and when I left Islam I mean again there was nothing there another good friend of mine reason on faith Sohail Ahmed had an amazing relationship with his family took care of his dad until he passed away you know and his dad was still Ahmadi Ahmadi Muslim and there was no issue there. Even, even there, there was no issue. I mean, just look at just look at Mimsy, Wids, and uh, Waleed, right? The father slash father-in-law is Hassan Radwan. They didn't have a problem with bad treatment for Muslims, as far as I know. I've never heard them say anything like that. They have a loving family relationship. I mean, I'm focusing on family because a lot of these guys, they talk about family. It's not the usually the ex. It's not usually the community as much as it's a family treatment, right? So my dad was and and sometimes you have both a lot of times you have both bad treatment of family on top of it and and a lot of times the bad treatment is because of this of islam in the sense of like someone leaving islam they're treated badly because they were formerly muslim right so a lot of a lot of the times it's actually the religion that is the, still the cause because these people wouldn't have any issue with them leaving the religion if it wasn't for the fact that the religion itself is not tolerant to people leaving it. And it's not acceptable. It's not It's not considered allowed to leave the religion because you'll go to hell. So we're talking about, you know, to me, this is, again, a straw man situation. It's a straw man. It's kind of like, uh, you know, picking on the weakest link, picking on what you want to kind of focus on and not what you want to not not the true issue right because the true issue is it wouldn't really make sense if someone left islam because of bad treatment of muslims because islam i mean a lot of it is private praying five times a day doing your thing you know your relationship with god maybe you don't even pray five times a day maybe you just have a relationship with allah you read the quran like a lot of it's private so why would someone's bad treatment of you cause you to leave that unless there's something else there so, you know, yeah, no, not a very really good take. I'd love to talk to this guy and, you know, kind of dig into this a little bit more because to me, this doesn't add up. It's not really driving um, what he's saying. And hey, hey, Beach, hey, John Stotman, Nim, Chip, D. nice, Nice to see all you guys here. Thanks for joining. I'm just looking at the comments now. Uh, hi, Haloon. And hi, A. Jansen. So, so, yeah, this was, um, I don't know, not a very really good take. You guys let me know what you think but (laughs) i just thought it was like kind of like what's the point of even saying that it's just are you trying the point is islam is amazing and that's the point i guess (laughs) right so but it's 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 a little bit of a dishonesty or cognitive dissonance okay so let's go on to the next uh next thing i wanted to share which is also not really great. But humanists of Pakistan share this thing. Just days before the auspicious occasion of Eid, the police officials in District Gujranwala in Pakistan, obviously, have, the police officials have desecrated 53 Ahmadiyya graves. This is a fourth such incident of such a nature and is part of a growing list of recent desecrations by the Punjab police. On the night between July 6th and 7th, two different graveyards, Uh, were raided by police, accompanied by non-officials where where they desecrated Ahmadiyya graves. So this is just like awful. Like, you know, like, wow. Like, can you imagine that these, they don't only give people a hard time when they're alive. They're even giving them a hard time when they're they're gone. It's just like, and then it's the families have grieved. You know, these people died and they're coming here and like, destroying the graves and like what is the point of the doing and yeah and on top of it you know the the accusations against the police here which is like you know even more shocking it's just like awful if that's the case and this is just this is just terrible so anyways those two things aside i want to jump into the age of aisha i added some more slides here and a bit more details that i want to actually um present to you guys and go through so we we, co- we covered this last week in the live stream as well why this topic has become a big issue because of Nupur Sharma and what happened and the big debate. People are arguing that she made a bigoted comment. She actually didn't. She was just being factual about the beliefs of Muslims, at least Sunni Muslims, most of them believe in young. However, in my, in my opinion, this wasn't really a wise statement to make. It created a lot more problems in the, in the community and therefore wasn't a good move. Regardless, she had every right to make it. She had, Although I don't think a government official should be getting involved in such, making such comments. Uh, Who is Aisha? Again, these are the slides that Gondal originally made. I made some changes to them. We're just going to go through them quickly. Uh, Yeah, notice mythology. Thanks for saying that. Hit the like button. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Please do that. Okay, so Aisha bin Abu Bakr, daughter of Abu Bakr. So first caliph of Islam, third wife of Muhammad. So he married Khadija and Sauda before her. Married Muhammad at six years old. Okay, we're going to get into that. Is that true? Muhammad died when she was 18, so she was married, meaning consummated marriage was consummated for nine years, and she narrated a whole bunch of hadith according to the Sunni tradition. Okay, so this is important. Just want to get this out of the way because this always comes up. This always, always comes up. What is going on here? Do we, uh, do we, are we looking at the historical Muhammad? This is a very important point. We are not looking at the historical Muhammad. Muslims don't believe in a historical Muhammad. They believe in, um, I, I feel like saying mythological Muhammad. I don't know what the, what the word is, but it's a construction. It's a creation that was created by the hadith and there it is. If you want to assume that they were honest and they were truthful and there was no mistakes and everything's accurate, then it would be historical. But we can't say that for sure. All we know is these are oral traditions that have been memorized and passed on and there's a lot of mistakes in them. Everybody knows that, right? So the reason this matters is because when we talk about this, we have to make sure that we focus on the fact that we're talking about the Sunni perspective. We're talking about what Sunni Muslims, most of them believe. What age was she really? Okay, we're going to have a clip by Hamza Yusuf. We're going to talk about it and we're going to see. And was he, uh, you know what? Now, there's some interesting evidence that Abdullah Gondal has actually dug up on his Facebook. He's actually commented about this. We're having a discussion about this. That why is it that if he was, you know, the question is, well, all of his relationships would be primarily with underage women, right? But that's not what we find. What we found is there's only this one example. And it's quite possible that epilepsy actually, because epilepsy does weird things to your sexuality or it can, it can affect it. It's quite possible. Abdullah Gondal found examples of, of people that became pedophilic i guess they had they uh, they they um grew these tendencies over time after having epilepsy so these things can actually affect your sexuality and you know this the story of him sleeping with like whatever so many nine wives in one night or whatever if those things are true then the epilepsy temporal lobe epilepsy would explain that it, it does weird things to a person right so um i don't use that word because it's ac- 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 Is that how you say it? It's basically a term that was, you know, created after the fact, we're we're kind of backdating it. So I prefer not to use that terminology. However, it was definitely wrong marrying a child. And we can say that and we're going to go and we're going to get into the details as to why that is. Okay. so about her age um, in comments is saying there's a study that showed she was 18 when married. Yeah, we're going to go. I'm going to go through that. We'll 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 talk about that. So why is this like super bad? Why, why do we care? Why is this an issue? Why does that matter? Um, Yeah, according to Bij, this was a good point. I doubt he was, you know what? Seems to be an, a way to get her dad in his corner. This this seems like there's some, you know, family thing going on there. He's trying to make connection with people. And Abu Bakr was one of his biggest supporters. So, you know, sometimes they would marry your daughter. <laughs> the funny thing is, okay, we'll, we'll get to that. But let's, okay, so child marriage. The reason this is so important is because this is an issue that comes up again and again in defense of child marriage. Child marriage is defended because of Muhammad, because Muhammad is a moral epitome. He's a, you know, khairul the 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 best of creation, right? He is the 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 one and only one that lived his life better than anyone else and we're not allowed to question his life in any way, right? Whatever he did was for the best. So if that's the case, then we have problems because now you have children today that are being married and are basically suffering because of Islamic injunctions that allow this or at least interpretation of certain people that they understand it this way. Child marriage. So according to Save the Children, the devastation of child marriage effectively ends a Ah, (laughs) a girl's childhood. How? Forced marriage robs a girl of her education and more, replacing lessons learned in the classroom and playing with adult responsibilities, including forced pregnancy well before she's ready. This not only violates her rights, but risks her life, the lives of her children, and the future of her community. Now, the interesting thing is that the ending part of this the future of the community it actually probably was done in a way to save the community back then because you know the fact that we're physically able women are physically able to give birth at a young age shows that at, at one point in time this probably happened right that doesn't mean it's ideal that doesn't mean it's good for the the lady or the young woman I, by no means yes she may be able to deliver the child but at what cost at what cost to her future at what cost to her um you know, to what happened, right? Anyways, I'm going to continue. Issues of child marriage. The, the United Nations and other international agencies have declared that child marriage violates human rights and children's rights. The Universal Declaration of Human Rights, which I always quote to quote, because I think it's, it's actually a fantastic piece of, uh, it's a fantastic charter, states that individuals must enter marriage freely with full consent and must be at full age. So basically, in 1979, the Convention on the Elimination of All Forms of Discrimination Against Women stated that child marriage is illegal. This is what you call humanity at its best: humanity moving forward, coming up with rules to protect women, protect children. In this case, the the intersection of women and children, which is young girls, a human rights violation. Child marriage directly impacts girls' education, health, psychological well-being, the health of the offspring. It increases the risk for depression. STDs or STIs, cervical cancer, malaria, obstetric fistulas, and maternal mortality. So you can see there's a huge list of issues that come up with child marriage. There is a lot of, yeah, anachronistic, thank you, (laughs) anachronistic, that's how you say it. (laughs) I appreciate it. So we can see that there is actually very practical reasons why we need to be against this. Why we need to say... Now, the interesting thing is that other Muslims that say she wasn't a child and i have even been called an Islamophobe once by saying that Muhammad married a child, which is funny. You become an Islamophobe by quoting the Islamic text. But I'm going to show you in the Islamic text that this is, you know, this is not, not... We're not making this up. Sarah says humanity is better than Islam. That sets no... Lower limit for marriage. Yeah, the lower limit for marriage, as far as I know in Islam, is basically not for marriage, but for consummation, would be puberty, I think, or when she's physically able to bear it, which is not even puberty, physic may not be puberty, but yeah, that's pretty disturbing. Again, we kind of would expect better because this man this religion is supposed to be for all times, right? So it should actually protect women. A lot of the times human beings do stupid things and then they regret it later for example i was watching a like a really funny beautiful video that you know what maybe i can even show you guys because it was actually actually an excellent video and it was it makes such a good point give me one second i'm just going to share the video because i I think it's actually worth it like worth looking watching a little bit of this one second We won't won't watch the whole thing. But this this video is from non-stamp collector. I'm going to mute my mic so you guys can hear
1: it. They're going to be stealing from each other, lying, being cruel, even hating each other and killing each other. This whole fall from grace is worse than we expected. What Lord. about haircuts? Lord? Well, the hair on the side of their heads and their beards, do they end up cutting that? Um, well, I'll, I'll check. Um, yes. <sighs>
2: Why did I make the fruit of that tree so deliciously tempting?
1: No, that's not on. I I want that ban. A ban on cutting the hair on the side of their head. Um, Moving on. Lord, it seems that this sinful nature messes them up so bad that they actually abuse children in some cases. Do they wear clothes
2: made of wool and linen woven together?
1: Yes. Right, that too. Absolute ban on that. Uh, If we may, can we direct you towards the things we think you need to be equally clear on? Yeah, I heard you killing each other, stealing, sitting on chairs that menstruating women have been sitting on. (laughs) Well, those first two, yes. Uh, Are you going to prohibit them? Yes. Good. And tattoos as well. No tattoos. I am the Lord. Um, Lord, you hate oppression and cruelty and stealing just as much as tattoos, right? Yes. (laughs) Well, thank goodness for that.
0: Okay, so... Okay, so I, I hope that the, the point is being made here. It's just it's he gets into the point a little bit more, but like this is something that should have been clearly and you know in with no ambiguity banned. Like <laughs> the things that end up in the Quran and he gave examples from the Bible, but the things that end up in the Quran, they're like comically stupid examples of things that you don't even need someone to tell you and they don't even make sense that they're not even for all times. For example, Muhammad, you know, sorry, not Muhammad, Allah telling the companions to leave right away after having a meal at his house because he felt shy to tell you to go home. I mean, really? I, the, the type of things you find in the Quran, it's like you couldn't you couldn't include child marriage in there. <laughs> it's like protect the women, right? You know, as... um. As i once put on twitter like if muhammad was a mercy to all mankind shouldn't he be a mercy to little girls as well i mean really supposedly he's a mercy to all mankind Rahmatul al-amin he's a he's the best prophet you know all that stuff um anyways so there are a bunch of actual issues from this as we said Bigger risk of sexual and gender-based violence. For sure, because you have a young girl with an old man, typically in a situation like that. More risk of health complication. Childbirth is the leading cause of death among girls between the age of 15 and 19 in developing countries. Child brides are also at a greater risk of contacting HIV AIDS. They tend to drop out of school, of course. They have little access to opportunities, such as holding a job outside the home, of course. I mean, they're they're basically baby-making machines, right? now uh okay one more thing this is an example of a typical issue that happens when a because a, a young woman's like hips are not wide enough right so what happens is many many young women in africa i've heard of this happening in africa a lot they have this thing called a fistula and this is a medical condition where they can't hold in the you know the basically everything comes out and it smells bad and it creates a lot of social dilemma a lot of them are uh, you know kicked out of the home They have to live on their own in little huts And you know they're shamed for this And all of this is no fault of their own It's because they had a baby too young Sometimes the baby will die inside as well And it's it's awful Like there's a lot of um, You know it's a terrible, It's just one example of an issue Right okay So This is When you discover that Aisha's age of marriage is 6 And consummation in 9 is stated in the authentic Hadith You get mad and Muslims getting mad It's like what? You know, what's going on here, right? So, yeah, as we've mentioned. And one more thing I just want to get into before we get into the actual hadith. because We're going to talk about hadith and scholars and stuff like that. I just want to make it clear to everyone that Islam is not the only reason for child marriage. I mean, let's just be honest. Let's be clear about this. It's There are multiple reasons. Poverty is a big cause. I mean, I think I have a slide on this later. Poverty to is, is one of the modern reasons, but also cultural reasons. The culture of a community would would be a part of that as well. Like, for example, in a in a community, in a culture where that's allowed or that child marriage, for example, in, in like Pakistan, Afghanistan, many Muslim countries, um, this is an issue. Maybe I should just jump to this slide and then we get into the Hadith. Okay, yeah, let's just quickly do that. Okay. I didn't. I forgot, I do have a slide on this. Okay, so child marriage. Complex issue, many factors. One factor is cultural slash religious values. Have I been to Africa? What the heck? Are you saying I have to go to Africa to, to understand that these issues happen in Africa? I, I, we learn from each other online and we read books and we, you know, like we don't need to actually go there. This is not like, <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> don't be so defensive now. Anyways. Poverty is a big cause, but cultural slash religious values are a big cause as well. As you can see here, Lebanese women hold placards as they participate in a march against marriage before the age of 18 in the capital of Beirut. So we have here an example of young women. These are young women and probably some old women, too, that are protesting child marriage. I've read many books. For example, I've watched documentaries. Uh, One of the recent ones I watched was uh, Keep Sweet hear and obey or something about the flds the fundamentalist mormon sect that has child marriage and a lot of these young girls they leave the they some of them fell in love with a man that was more similar to their age but they ended up marrying some freaking grandpa because the the prophet married them to a grandpa like basically grandpa compared to her age right and that wasn't like the best thing in their life they were miserable and we're gonna wait till you hear what the scholars say. Uh, stop drinking coca-cola <laughs> someone's saying stop drinking coca-cola drink tea that's a good point this is a coke zero so there's no calories um it's it's neutral it's a calorie neutral in my body okay just to kind of hit home on this before uh and wow we have someone that robert bells used to belong to the original first lds church damn okay so rising cases of child marriage are concerned in pakistan Thank God for that, Robert, Robert. Wells. I'm glad you were able to escape that. That's good. Okay, so rising poverty due to the pandemic has experts willing about increase in young girls being married off. This is again a complex social issue that's connected to culture, that's connected to um, poverty, and this is happening more and more, right? Because of finances. Just to look at the laws quickly, in Afghanistan, child marriages are illegal, but widespread. Afghanistan's minimum age of marriage for girls is 16 or 15 well below the internationally recommended standards of 18 but then 16 is still better than nine okay like it's much better These unions mainly happen in rural areas especially among the boys with Pakistan okay I'm not going to get into the alternative view of Aisha's age just yet let's go into some of the clips of Yasir Qadi and all that stuff okay Child marriage should not happen in the 21st century, absolutely. Okay, let's see what Yasir Qadi has to say, and let me know if the sound is okay. I'm going to mute my
2: mic. Non-Muslims and sometimes even Muslims are perturbed uh, that how come Aisha, our mother, was married at a very young age? And frankly, this is a question that's, Uh, people who study anthropology and intelligent researchers that are non-Muslim never bring up. Because what is happening here is that we are taking our cultural mores, our cultural norms and then back projecting them onto uh, the Arabian society.
0: Okay, right away I have a problem with what he's saying. Anthropologists would not be mentioning this as an issue for the very reason that the Analyzing the the situation in its time and place, they're not going to be anachronistic about it. They're not going to back project our cultural or uh, moral values because they don't believe him as a prophet. They're not following him as a man that is an eternal prophet for all time. Right, Yasukadi, anthropologists are studying a culture. I mean, there's all sorts of weird shit you find in some cultures. I mean, there's a culture in India that I mean, very obscure. That, you know, these guys, um, there's an aslan interviewed them, they eat brains, which is very dangerous, right? You can then get some disease um from the proteins in the brain or something. But when the anthropologist is studying this, they're not they're not judging it as for right and wrong. That's usually not what they do because that's not their job. They're just studying it, right? They're describing it. Whereas A Muslim, looking at the life of Muhammad, there is moral value attached to what he does. He's the example for all time. So already we see a big problem. Big problem already. Okay, and we have a super chat from Arabic. Translated means, how's it going, brother? But verse 3321 states that Muhammad is an example for all of us. Exactly, exactly. Let's continue hearing what he says.
2: See, the age of marriage is something that has no normative, no standard age. And cultures and ethnicities throughout the centuries had different ages of marriage. Shakespeare wrote his famous Romeo and Juliet. You- okay. Before we go any further, I'm just going to say
0: I, he's kind of still... I don't think he's being totally honest here. The reason I say that is because we do have evidence of other cultures and the ages that they tend to have marriages. And we know that Many, 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 many cultures, ancient cultures, had the ages of marriage closer to like 13, 14, 15, which is a typical age of puberty. Nine years old is not common. It's not a common thing. It's like, yes, he's right. There's no standard. But typically, the standard use is usually puberty. But anyways, we're not going based on what other cultures do. we just want to discuss. Let's see what he has to say.
2: You know that the first actors that played Romeo and Juliet were how old? 15 and 14 years old. The boy was 15, the girl was 14. For, for Shakespeare's time, now if we had a Romeo and Juliet play, the, the, the content and the love scenes and the romance, we would project it onto an 18 or 19 and a 19 or 17 year old.
0: I want to say something.
2: I don't know if I should say it yet. Let
0: me Let's see what he says before I jump in
2: you know we would say oh this is a young man and a young woman in our age in in, in 2014 romeo and juliet we think of like a 19 year old with his 17 year old sweetheart or 18 year old sweetheart that's our version well when shakespeare wrote the play it was for a 14 year old and a 15 year old right only 500 years ago in that age and time people matured faster they were okay he jumped on the second point okay before you get on the second point what he's saying about
0: romeo and juliet it's pretty funny it's it's actually hilarious to me because do we not have love stories of teenagers? Don't we have? I don't watch Bollywood, but I'm guessing many teens fall in. I mean, this is a pretty common thing for teens.
1: <laughs> I,
0: um, like even stranger things. Okay, there we go. An updated cultural reference i'm not a boomer i'm i'm proud of myself i i came up with a, a modern example i was just like racking my brain what's a modern example stranger things there's like love between the kids in stranger things right like i'm pretty sure they're like 13 14 whatever right they're not 18 19 like he's saying w- what is he talking about he's trying to say that we don't talk about like young but like yasser kadi it's not a 12 year old with a 60 year old, or a nine year old, or a six year old with a six. There's no Romeo and Juliet with a baby with an old man coming to get the baby. That, that's not right. <laughs> it's like, what is he saying? <laughs> Smithley says there's a huge difference between two teens and a 50 year old, powerful man with a little child. Yes, exactly. Whoa, 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 imagine Romeo 59 years old and Juliet 14 years old. Exactly. I mean, it's not even 14. I mean, that's even the, the worst thing. I mean, let's be real, like, um, and John Strauman, you you you've linked to uh Wikipedia. Um on Romeo and Juliet characters. Okay, I'm guessing there's a bunch of examples of young Romeo and Juliet's as well, right? Uh Arabic translator memes is he equating Shakespeare, peace be upon him with Mohammed, fbi be upon him. <laughs> that's a good one um, <clears throat> yeah this is a good point okay we're jumping to the next point let's, let's let's get into the next point right? Uh, da, 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 da. okay
2: we're not treated like little kids in the bodies of adults Adolescents didn't exist in that regard when you became a young man or woman biologically mature you were treated like a young man and a woman and therefore culture changes in America a hundred years ago y-
0: okay so let's just stop there before he gets into the cultural defenses thing He's saying that in, you know, pre-modern societies, when you became, you know, when you hit puberty, you became an adult, basically, right? It kind of makes you wonder why Muhammad, when he was nine years old, didn't get married, right? I mean, if that's the case, like what he's saying is when you, beca- you became an adult at 12 years old, how come Muhammad didn't get married at 12 years old? Did he only hit puberty at 50- <laughs> in his 50s? Whatever, 53? How is it that um yeah this is kind of like weird what he's saying right and is it a good thing 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 to treat little kids like adults maybe some people would say it's a good thing to have a 12-year-old woman young woman little girl actually Behave like an adult. I would say the evidence is against you, Yasakadi. The evidence is that it is not good for her well-being to be treated like an adult at that young age. It's better for her development to play, to be a child. And you know what? We didn't get into the Hadith yet. Let's just look at the Hadith quickly and see what happened to Aisha. Okay, so... Uh, do Okay, here we go. Uh, if you can see the screen, Aisha used to play with dolls in the presence of the Prophet and my friends would play with me. When the Messenger of Allah entered, they would hide from him and he would call them to join me and they would play with me. So, it's saying that basically, even the Hadith Bukhari Oh, sorry. Is this Bukhari? I, I don't know who wrote this book. The Hadith Bukhari quote his hadith said stroking a child's head meaning she was a child he's calling aisha a child and in this other hadith in bukhari it says she used to play with dolls so this is what children are supposed to do children are supposed to grow take the time play with dolls have fun and you know not make babies like i i don't think anyone including yasukari would want his own daughter at that age having children okay
2: Young A hundred years ago, young ladies would get married regularly at the age of 13 and 14. That is why until very recently, literally like a few decades ago, in some states, including my own state of Tennessee where I currently live, the law said that you have to be 14 years old to get married. Recently they changed that, updated that. But when the laws were written a hundred years ago, what was the age they put for marriage? 14. Now you tell me, today, if somebody marries a 14-year-old, he's going to go to jail.
0: Again, typically... You don't have a 14-year-old marrying a grandpa, okay? Like, let's be real. And this, this thing he's talking about, I, again, nobody's saying it's a good thing that they were married at 14, that that's a law. That's a minimum age of marriage 14. Are we saying this is a good thing? Like, is
2: that what he's saying? I think he's saying it's a good thing. Well, let's see what he says their own grandmothers and grandfathers forget their own let me be totally blunt here my grandmother may allah azzawajal bless her with jannah she's passed away she's the only grandparent i ever met of mine my grandmother in rural india back in the 1920s she got married at the age of 13. my grandmother and I knew her as a very righteous, as a very good, you know, Muslim lady. She never complained, or she was irritated her, her whole life. My father married me when I was thirteen. She had a great grandfather. That's my grandfather's great husband. She had she she had lots of children. That was the cultural norms. Why are you defending?
0: Okay, so now we're getting into Mr. Mansplaining here, saying, "Oh, she had a good life. Her life was amazing." Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Your grandma who got married at 13 and was having kids from a young age had such a lovely life. I don't know your grandma, but I can tell you most 13-year-old women would not appreciate a life like that. And I know from, again, I've heard interviews of women that have been in cults where they had to get married at a young age. You're saying she didn't complain. Did she even have the right to complain? Did she even have the choice to complain? Did she even have the ability to voice her concerns about such a situation? And if she was happy, do you not think that it's possible that she was making do and that she would even be happier if you gave her an actual childhood, gave her the chance to study, gave her the chance to do something with her life? I mean, I don't know his grandma. I'm just speaking in general here, not him. The point is that you make it sound like this was like the best thing ever. Would you marry your, your daughter at thirty? Like these people, they talk like this, but they'll never do the same shit themselves for their own daughters. If they do, I mean, I would be surprised. I would be really surprised for an American imam like Yasukadi to marry his daughter at 13 or 9 or whatever. Even, when, even though Ali Dawah said he would do that and he would marry his daughter off at this young age. I don't believe it. I don't believe the words. I think they're just saying that because Muhammad did it and they, they have to justify it. Now, he actually goes later on and says, I don't think you should do it today. Right? He says that. And it's just, um, you know, it's, I'm I'm just leaving uh, the comments to see if there's anything here. So, so the, the point is that this, he's trying to make this, he's trying to paint this off as a good thing. And I I can't imagine that by any standard, this was a good thing. This was, yeah, what they did back then. That doesn't make it a good thing for young women. And we've already shown all of the risks and issues with child marriage, right? Like, we've talked about this. I mean, there's there's like unanimous consensus among, you know, all the international organization that this is a bad thing. Yasaka is like, hey, my, my grandma is great. She loved it. She's happy, you know? Like, really? Are you
2: sure? defending Aisha when Aisha was the happiest wife in the whole world. Who are you to get irritated when Aisha herself was the luckiest, most fortunate woman in the whole world? She wasn't complaining. She wasn't feeling anything bad. So in that day and age, puberty, intellect.
0: Yeah, right. She wasn't complaining. She was happy. She was the happiest woman. He says she's the happiest woman in the world. How is she? Like, are you even healing yourself? She was the happiest woman in the world. She was. She literally complained that every time Muhammad saw an attractive woman, she knew he would marry her. There was like insane jealousy. There was a verse in the Quran that threatened all the wives, that Allah would replace them with better wives. There was a month where he boycotted his wives, meaning he wasn't sleeping with them for a full month. There was, you know, conspiracies going on between Aisha and I think Sauda where they were you know making issues with Zainab and like do you really think this was an ideal situation for his wives like how can you with a straight face say she was I mean it's true that his child bride was his favorite wife it does say that and she had other benefits being his favorite wife that the other wives didn't have right she had some special status but tell me something if this was truly such a great marriage, why is it that when the, the issue of if happened, right? The the story of if, which is when she was accused of adultery. Uh, she There was rumors going up around that she cheated on Muhammad because she was left in the desert behind. No one noticed. Muhammad, even Muhammad didn't notice. She was left behind. And then this young man carried her back into town and everyone was gossiping that, you know. So if this is the case, why is it that nobody believed her? Why is it that Muhammad, even Muhammad, didn't believe her? Muhammad asked Ali. He asked a bunch of people to come and talk about Aisha and tell him what he thought about, what they thought about her. And that's where we get some of the hadith that are in this this presentation. If I can find, let me see, there's one in here. Let me see if I can find it. Hold on one second. Okay, here we go. This is an example of one of the hadith. I'll make it bigger so you can see. So in this hadith, it actually says, this was this is the story, an incident of ifq that happened, right? That Aisha was crying so much because she was upset. This, the one on the left side. And she was so upset and so sad that this was happening to her, that she was accused of this. And then what happened was, Muhammad was going around asking people, oh, Barira, what do you think about Aisha, right? And then, but said, oh, I've never seen anything at fault at her except she's a girl of immature age and sometimes sleeps and leaves the dough for the goats to eat. Like a very innocent thing to do, right? And this was going on and on. And, you know, he's asking, basically, he doesn't know what to do. He called in Ali ibn Abu Talib. He called in Osama ibn Zayd. And he was asking them, should he divorce his wife? Does this sound like an ideal marriage to you? Your wife, your child bride, is accused of adultery through rumors. She denies it vehemently. She says, I didn't do it. And you don't even trust her enough to to take her word for it. You're going around asking everyone, hey, did he did she cheat on me? What do you think? What do you think, Ali? What do you think, Osama? What do you think, Barira? Right? What do you think uh this person and that person? And then eventually he decided she was innocent. So Ali I'm not Ali. So Allah Allah so revealed the worst to to defend her, blah blah blah. As you know the story, she's innocent, even though Shias don't think she's innocent. How is this like a Seriously, like, there's another hadith where, not in this not in this presentation, but there's another hadith where she was punched in the chest. He was sneaking out at night doing his weird thing. It's like, okay, I'm just going to leave this comment before I jump on the next. Hasan one. the incident of if related in the Quran is very revealing. God seriously bro- blows a fuse and basically has a hissy fit of anger. Yeah, exactly, right? And then I was just about to say the hadith about uh, physical abuse where... He snuck out in the middle of the night. I mean, listen to how weird this is. He snuck out in the middle of the night to go to Khadija's grave. I mean, it's such a weird thing to do. But anyways. And when he did this, she followed him. Because, I mean, just imagine. Your husband is sneaking out in the middle of the night. You don't want what the heck is going on? And what do you do? You sneak out. You, you just watch him. He comes back home. And he hits her in the chest. Why is not Like, is this a loving marriage? Like, wouldn't shouldn't he have just told her, hey... Aisha I'm sorry to have disturbed you sleep. I'm just going I just going out to I don't know what he was going out to do. Pay my respects to the grave or something. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of weird to go in the middle of the night but like whatever that's his thing or whatever. Like is that how you treat a loving marriage? I mean, he wasn't loving. I don't know if you can call that loving. There's more there's more examples too where he basically again talking about how she was a favorite wife. He made a deal with Sauda to take away her night. Now, when I say make a deal, it's not like they were equal trading partners and she had any choice in the matter. She had basically two choices. She can be divorced or she can give away her night. right? Out of the nine, nine, one in nine nights she got, he, even that was taken away from her and given to Aisha instead because he wanted to spend it with Aisha instead. So he made a deal and Allah came down and said, yeah, you can make a deal with whatever wife you want. And um, so she, she got extra nights, right? This is the type of man that you're claiming um, this was his favorite wife? Really? Like, doesn't seem like it to me. I mean, yes, it was favorite wife, but it doesn't seem like this was like a happy marriage by any means. I actually made a video on this. Talking about how it's not like Aisha had a choice. Like, let's be honest. Like, this was the best she could get. Okay. She was relatively more powerful and had a lot. She did get benefits out of marrying, you know, this guy that became, you know, the so-called leader of all of Arabia, right? The spiritual and military leader of like a big chunk of Arabia. So she did have benefits from that being his wife. No doubt she had, she was better off than a lot of other women at that time. But we're not talking about that part. We're talking about the part that where there was, bad treatment between him and her and Muhammad. How Muhammad could have treated her better. I mean, even the whole one in nine thing, how is that beneficial for her? Right? Can we actually um, look at some hadith? Because there's some re- level in hadith here before we go on. Uh, super chat. Thank you for the super chat. Um, Order of the Dragon. Why do Muslims wear Muhammad so much when the same Muslims were responsible for eliminating his entire family, i.e. Omar, Osman, Ali, Hussein, Fatima. Yeah, so... I don't think the Sunnis tend to talk about these things. That's the thing. The Sunni Muslims don't talk about you know the miscarriage of Fatima and um, they don't talk about the misery that his Muhammad's daughter Fatima went through after he died. How they claim there was hadith saying that Muhammad doesn't leave any inheritance. So basically, Ali and Fatima had like a miserable time after Muhammad died. It's true. And some of the, you know, grandsons were actually you know a lot of bad things happen anyways the point is the 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 battle between ali and aisha these things are not talked about muslim sunni muslim scholars don't like to talk about these things because they they don't want to talk about these things it's fitna it's fitna in the muslim community so we don't you know um yeah aisha also said god hastens to fulfill your desires when he got worse 3350 giving him unlimited vibes exactly it's funny how they actually reference that right um, the incident of ifk is basically i don't know why it's called ifk i don't know what that word means but it's in, the incident where i think if means slander the, where she was slandered by uh, you know they claim she was slandered. she didn't cheat on him but basically she was accused of adultery so that's called the incident of ifk all right um oh yeah i wanted to go through some of the hadith so these are relevant so i think it's important to to show them so I kind of lost my train of thought. Let Let complaining.
2: Just... She wasn't feeling anything bad, so in
0: okay, so yeah, we're talking about how there wasn't a lot of freedom for her and choice, right? So let's just quickly go through some of the hadith. I went through some of these last week as well, but let's let's just quickly go through them. Cause of marriage, a dream come true. So Aisha reported from Allah's Messenger. This is Aisha herself that gave this hadith in Sahih Muslim. I saw you in a dream for three nights, Muhammad saying this. I saw you in a dream for three nights when an angel brought you to me in a silk cloth and he said, here's your wife. I'm going to remove the cloth from your face. lo, it was you. So I said, if this is from Allah, let him carry it out. So he was, seeing, he was seeing dreams about the daughter, the six-year-old daughter, supposedly, six-year-old daughter of his best friend. He's going to his best friend's house and he was seeing her, like in his dreams. And then this hadith on the right it says the exact same thing, okay? Just imagine how weird this is. If your friend comes to your house, your little daughter is there and you're like, I had a dream about her. And be like, yo, get the hell out of my house right now. don't want none of that weirdness in my house. But yeah, that's, that's basically what happened here, right? Okay. And this, this hadith is about the marrying of a young lady to an elderly man. So the Prophet asked Abu Bakr for Aisha's hand in marriage. Abu Bakr said, I am your brother. So it's interesting and weird, again, that this was narrated. I'm sometimes surprised at what Muslims narrate. The prophet said, "You are my brother in Allah's religion in his book, but she is lawful for me to marry." So he insisted, and this is used as evidence that a young lady can marry an old man. And just imagine, she actually he actually said no initially, which is surprising. And in this example, again, the prophet married him when she was six years old and consummated when she was nine, and she remained with him for nine years. This is Aisha again, narrating in Sahih Bukhari, and again, it's. Making it clear that she had nothing to do with this. This was all her dad and Muhammad organizing this and doing this. And she died when he was 18. He died when she was 18 years old. Okay. So these, most of these hadith are coming to Hisham. And these are all in Bukhari and Muslim, right? But we have other references, as I've already shown, that she was a child. And in this hadith, in brackets, in Basically, in Fatul Bari, which is a commentary on Bukhari, it says the playing with the dolls and similar images is forbidden, but it was allowed for Aisha at the age of she was a little girl, not yet reached the age of puberty. So she wasn't yet at the age of puberty. I've already given you the story here. And the one on the right shows that she was watching people playing in the mosque and saying she liked, you know, you should understand the keenness of young girls to play. So she's calling herself a young girl. Okay. Not an old lady young girl and same thing over here and in, in this hadith it's talking about she was she was on a swing playing with her playmates and then she was called and basically then she was given to the prophet and she was engaged and so on and so forth right this is just showing again that she was handed over when she was nine now interestingly this all seems to be a very exceptional circumstance that didn't apply to the other companions so for example muhammad's daughters were in the late teens and 20s when muhammad married a six-year-old child zainab for example Ruqayya, um Kultum, and aisha aisha, sorry, aisha is the exception here so his daughters were married older but he married aisha young right so it's narrated here that abdullah bin bureira said that Abu Bakr and Omar proposed marriage to Fatima, the daughter of Muhammad, but the messenger of Allah said she is young. <laughs> then Ali proposed marriage to her and he married her to him. So Ali was quite young compared to Abu Bakr and Omar, right? It's kind of funny, isn't it? Like uh, Abu Bakr was 50 plus, Omar was 40 plus. Muhammad refused him because he was too young and there's some disagreement about her age, but perhaps she was about the same age as Aisha or maybe a little bit older, okay? And then there's some Shia references that discuss how old she was. Not really going to go into that too much, but that's if you're really interested how old she was. Okay. Uh, Not going to get into this topic just yet. Let's go back to this guy. Let's go back to her favorite, holes in the Quran, Sheikh.
2: That day and age, puberty, intellectual maturity, in the hot Arabian climate, in the desert life, young children age faster because you have to (laughs) it's so funny that
0: all of this stuff happens but apparently you don't see any young men getting married you don't see uh anybody else marrying a nine-year-old except apparently
2: muhammad (laughs) all these excuses just for one man (laughs) to take on responsibilities so aisha's age in her time, would be our equivalent of whatever, 16, 17. And I have no doubt that if things proceed in another 100 years, it will be illegal to marry an 18 or 17-year-old. And I have no doubt because we are progressing.
0: <laughs> what is he going on about? In a few years, it'll be illegal to marry an 18 or 19-year-old? Is there any evidence for this claim, Yasakari? you just making a slippery slow policy that's not what's happening no nobody's doing that we understand that emotional development happens at a certain age and yes marriage is less common nowadays but like i mean nobody's saying it's gonna happen nobody except you is saying it's not gonna be allowed until 25 or something come on
2: or whatever regretting in that regard the minimal marriage aid will be rising as it has risen in the last 600 years this is a human fact this is an undeniable fact what when- okay uh this is a good comment
0: i just want to highlight by a jansen girls nowadays live in hot climates are they f- a fair game too <laughs> um messianic apostate you're saying that uh Yaskar destroys islam every time i hear him speak to be fair Uh, This is common... Like, the things he's saying are very common. I'm sure anyone that was Muslim like me has heard these things over and over again. Like, these are not new arguments. Like, these are not... I mean, he he has, like, his next level creativity when it comes to things like zombies and stuff. But, like, the Muslim community that is listening to him and not being critical of what he's saying. They're just eating up what he's saying. They're not questioning. And the ones that do question they are you know probably they don't get the opportunity to to um to really question it right and to like to bring these up right uh, aisha was not superman the sun did it yeah the sun made his old fast right yeah and why the young boys don't age faster the hot sun only makes girls <laughs> that was another funny comment uh by black angel <laughs> aisha was a banana Yeah, she's a banana. She ripened faster than the sun, like oh. Yasukari, what are you saying, man? (laughs) Only only the girls are bananas, right? (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay. Muslim apologists often act like as soon as you start menstruating, you're ready to have sex, but sex is really risky for young, pre-adolescent girls because the bodies are not grown. Yeah, exactly. If you rewind the live stream to the beginning, or anyone that's watching later, if you get, go to the live stream in the beginning, you'll see that um, this is, yeah, this was covered. Uh, Muslims, yeah, basically, hot sun plus baby equals old lady. The the sun made girls grow up faster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, messianic apostate I agree that Yasakadi is making Unoriginal common arguments but I can't get over how I think that Khadi just believes Islam more I hear him open his mouth, yeah exactly
2: Western culture itself has continued to raise The age of marriage, so for us To now criticize Arabian culture 14 centuries ago, you begin with Criticizing your own grandmother and grandfather
0: Yes sir We just did that. (laughs) We just criticized it. We just said it's not ideal. But they did it. But we've evolved better values, better morals. We care about
2: people more now. Isn't that true? And your own ancestors of the Middle Ages. That is really not a very rational thing to do. Different time, different culture, different place. Bottom line, the worst enemies of the Prophet ﷺ in his lifetime, they tried everything to smear him. They did not find it problematic that he married Aisha. It was a norm of the culture, and it wasn't a problem at all in their society and culture. Even his worst enemies, not a single comment, because this is the norm. Aisha herself is a happy wife. She is a loving wife. She has so many ahadith of the Prophet She clearly has not been traumatized. Why are you guys 20, 14 centuries later so traumatized? So think about it and be a little bit more mature, a little bit more anthropological, a little bit more historical. There's absolutely nothing wrong. And all oh, Muslims, don't apologize for the truth and don't distort the truth.
0: Yeah, so again, he's going on about Aisha was so happy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to respond to one more comment that he made, which was about... Um, I'm getting distracted, sorry, with the live comments and stuff. Yeah, ex- whether it was a norm in the seventh century is irrelevant. And uh, what what I wanted to say, let me just divine for a second, so I don't forget just my point. About
2: it, why are you guys society and culture even, even as a norm.
0: norm? Oh yeah, okay. So, <clears throat> okie okay. dokie. So here, okay, I'm just gonna quickly go through some comments because I <laughs> I'm getting distracted by the comments. So why, can I ask why you delete open Christian comments on your page? It's very strange. Uh, I'm not sure what you mean by that. Uh, Do I do, you mean in the live chat? Do you mean on my YouTube? So anyone that has more than, let's say, 10,000 subscribers, they always get accused of deleting comments. Do you really think I have time for that? Like, honestly, do I really care what people, what stupid comments people put? I mean, I don't have time for that. Like, I mean, I care. I care about comments, but I don't have time to go and censor like YouTube comments. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of free speech. I like having conversations. I don't like spam. If someone spams the same thing over and over again, then yes, I'm going to probably block them from the channel. I, I do that very, very rarely, right? Like, sometimes people put like Jesus is God, Jesus is God on every single video or something. Yeah, they'll be removed, but like, that's only if I notice it. I, I don't know what you mean by that. And yeah, sometimes maybe the moderators might block people that are spamming. I don't know what you're referring to. But anyhow, uh, Zayed Tamil, why don't you reply to him face-to-face live debate instead of answering the quoted video of him? Uh, Miskin like me don't have access to Yasir That's 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 the problem. I don't have a, the ability to have a live conversation with him. It would be amazing. It'd be, it'd be a good conversation, I think. But it's just not going to happen, right? I mean, thats I think that's expecting too much. And to be honest, I did have one opportunity, which was he was speaking at, at a No Doubt conference in Toronto and I, some of my friends invited me to go. But when I asked them, I'm like, can I have one-on-one time with him? No, you can go and sit and listen to the lecture like everybody else and put your hand up and ask questions. I'm like, you know, I'm like beyond this point, right? Like I'm beyond the point of him and his, you know, basically straw manned, you know, misconstrued version of atheism he wants to present to the Muslim community. Like, I don't, I want to have, have more specific questions to ask. And it's not even like I have questions. I want to have a conversation. Like, I, I've i already made up my mind. But like, yeah, conversations with people that like him are very difficult to arrange, especially when he's a celebrity, right? He's a famous dude. So it's not going to happen. But I have triggered Yasukhati very much, just to let you know. Yasukari has been very much triggered I made a video called "Yasukari has doubts in Islam some Muslim dude sent it to him he got really mad and he made this scathing post on on Facebook saying uh these murtads and blah 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 and blah 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 like he's he's got like despite the fact that he's typically very calm and collected in how he conveys himself and how he portrays himself in public I got under his skin by making a video where I I showed that he, you know, clips of him saying he had doubts. He doesn't know how to deal with these issues. And he did not like it. He was very mad. He was very butthurt. So he made this ridiculous. And the funny thing is that was the, the first time he ever blocked me from commenting on his page. I actually made like a response. I posted on my Medium. And he was just like, I was blown away that he actually was blocking and hiding people's responses right i mean this was not for me i didn't expect this from a man of his stature i really didn't i did not expect him to do this but this is what he did and i can just show you oh i'm not sharing my screen i can just show you right now this he made this post and you know i made a comment i made a response right here Abdullah Gandal made a response. MTS Shams made a response. Jimmy London, Bashir Khan, Muhammad Lakman, Haris Sultan. And these are just some of them, right? And I made a po- This was my response right here. He is saying you you reject Islam because your rationality cannot comprehend these aspects of Islam that are supra rational and irrational, right? And this is routinely what Murtads end up doing. And the process becomes some of the most psychologically traumatized individuals you'll ever meet. Every aspect of their lives revolves around them attempting to disprove Islam or wishing to achieve notoriety by constantly announcing to the world the rejection of the faith they once believe in. Then he says, deaf, dumb, and blind, these mortars will not return unless Allah will so. And then, that is why, as all of us know, the arrogance that exudes from them is palpable. So it's interesting that he made this post and he's talking about arrogance and this and that. And he was there blocking a. Responses, so it's clear. And this is this was my response. It's a little bit long. I'm not going to read it all. I mean, you can see this was a good good response. This was a good response from Abdullah Gondel, and mts Shams had a really good response as well. I mean, these are like, like these are good responses. But the guy is not interested. So when you're saying, why don't you have a live debate with him? Like, the dude is himself cutting us off. He, he talks about us. I mean, this one post was about us. He was literally posting about us. This is about ex-Muslims. This is about murtads, as he calls it, and he was censoring on the same post uh, responses to him, which were not disrespectful. They were very fair responses from the heart. and every single one of us got blocked one by one, like just, just like so. Like he's saying here, he's he's a liar. I mean, to be honest, it does feel like that, right? Because. And yeah, as this guy says, reminiscence, famous sheikhs usually avoid debates because they, they don't want to make enemies of Islam famous. So fanboys running around saying, why don't Muslims debate so-and-so? It's really useless. Yeah, it's like a lose-lose uh, situation here. It's just not, it's not possible to win for them. It's not possible to win because we, we know, he knows, even he knows that if, if he talks to us, what's going to happen is bad. It's, because I feel like, you know, he's confident that he understands that there's not good responses. You know, there's not, there's not good responses to, to these things, right? All right, let me continue the video. I think we dealt with that. Did we deal with deal it? With, no, we didn't.
1: One second. Okay, so yeah, I forgot to deal with the comment about...
0: What he was saying, Uh, let me just rewind it one more time because we, we did actually stop for quite a bit now and got on a tangent.
2: Of the culture and it wasn't a problem at all in their society and culture. Even his worst enemies, not a single comment because this is the norm. Aisha herself is a happy wife. She is a loving wife. She has so many hadith of the Prophet.
0: Oh my, I'd love to show her, I'd love to bring up some of those happy wife hadith about her scraping dried <laughs> scraping dried semen off Muhammad's clothes. <clears throat> is that is that what happy wives do? Happy child brides? Now, he has a point in that there is I mean, we don't have references to people that were, you know, criticizing Muhammad for this very action for like a long period of time. And why is that? Well, probably because again, this was, I think, a bit exceptional as I showed you that the, the pu- puberty was typically the, you know, the what they went by. But this was within the norms of their society. We can just say that, right? Like it wasn't, it was on the lower end for sure, you know, as we've seen most, <laughs> even for his companions. But like, it was still within the acceptable range, or especially for someone of his stature, meaning, you know, they can get away with more than like common people can, right? And even today you you see that as well. You see like rich and famous people um can get away with a lot more than and powerful people can get away with a lot more. And we we've seen that with Epstein and others. They these guys are involved in a lot of bad things. They can they get away with it. So but does that mean it was okay, Yasakari, because nobody mentioned it Nobody complained about it, so it's okay. Are you saying that, like, because his enemies at that time didn't mention it? It's almost like this entire argument is cultural relativism from the beginning to the end. Even though he's claiming the highest moral standards coming from Muhammad, <clears throat> so unfortunately, you know what that means? There's only one way to go, and it's backwards. We go backwards to seventh century, and those are the the those norms are the correct ones. Because back then it was okay. Now it's not okay. But at the same time, he's going to contradict himself and say it's not okay today. Or you shouldn't do it today and we shouldn't bring child marriage back, which is interesting, right? Let, let's let let him let him talk a little bit more and maybe we can, I can go on a bit more after that.
2: So, so she clearly has not been traumatized. Why are you guys 20, 14 centuries later so traumatized?
0: Yeah, we did actually mention this. The verses from Surah Tahrim where Aisha and Hafsa threatened with divorce. Uh, don't reflect a very happy marriage right so depending on which interpret which story you prefer either he was um mad about honey smelling bad or whether they were mad about him sleeping with a slave woman maria so there's two different stories there uh but yeah the point is that it wasn't a happy marriage it's dishonest to say it was a happy marriage and what what we're trying to say here is that just because it wasn't considered a problem doesn't mean it's not a problem and we've given objective evidence i've shown objective evidence as to why this is a bad thing child marriage is a bad thing it is a bad thing and there's there's many issues that come out of it right and this is like objectively bad objectively bad it doesn't matter what culture you're in what time period you're in these things are objectively bad so think about it and be a little bit more mature a little bit more anthropological a little bit Ah, but Muhammad should have been more mature and not married a child. That is maturity, it comes from maturity, not to marry children. Why are you telling us to be mature? You tell your prophet to be mature. First he bees mature, then we be mature, okay?
2: More historical, there is absolutely nothing wrong. And oh Muslims, don't apologize for the truth and don't distort the truth. There are, there are Muslims that try to deny this. Oh, he didn't marry Aisha as a young girl. Ya, yeah, look, that's not the way forward. We don't lie for the sake of our religion. We have the truth. We're not going to cover up the truth if people find it embarrassing. This is the reality. Deal with it. Our Prophet married a young girl and it was fine for the time. I am not saying we need to resurrect this age in our time because times have changed.
0: (laughs) Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. What is so different about our times today? that we should not resu- resurrect this age do you see how he put it we should not resurrect this age we should not merely chosen right is that what he's trying to say <laughs> it's it's funny how he how he puts it we should not resurrect this age. I mean, we should not resurrect the age of Islam, like going back to the 7th century. But he means we should not resurrect this, this age of marriage, meaning it's dead. Leave it in the past. It's done. Now, if that's the case, then why is he justifying it? All of this justification, is it because it's, it was more hot back then? Because people didn't live as long? I mean, these are the common excuses. People didn't live as long. Yeah, the, the sun made the little girls go up faster. People died young. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't think he actually mentioned that. People die young. But let's just go to the slide where we can see that, uh, yeah, they were all old men. (laughs) Like what? They were not little kids. The, The men were old. And they lived at least until the 60s, right? Oh, my. My, oh, my, oh, my. Anyways, we're almost done. Let's finish it
2: and there's no problem in our time my own Sheikh Sheikh Ibn Uthaymin he was of the opinion that we should have a minimal age of marriage you know um, 15, 16 whatever the the, call he didn't didn't specify an age but he said yes we should have a minimal age that society now is used to and accustomed
0: so we should have a minimum age but he didn't specify the minimum age (laughs) what does that mean? The minimum age is probably nine then, right? (laughs) It's going to go back to that, right? Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Do you see how man-made Islam is? Uh, Literally man-made. Scholars, Sheikh Utaymin says, yeah, we should have a minimum age of marriage. Well, no shit. Well, that's what we've been saying, right? For the last, how long? That's what all these countries are doing by making it, that's what the Universal Declaration of Human Rights and all of these constitutions that we discussed, all of these things are about the same topic, which is, There should be a minimum age of marriage and it should be consent. You should not be banning children. It's it's rape, right? Sleeping with a child.
2: God damn, man. That's not a problem. But for us to find something worthy of criticism that's different culture, different time, different place, the sharia has allowed a spectrum. This is the point. Islamic law, it allows a spectrum. In societies and cultures where younger marriages happen and it's common, let it happen. In modern times, I will be the first person to say that an 11 11- year
0: Let it happen. Okay, that's just sad. He just said... Okay, I'm just going to rewind it. Let's, let's hear them again.
2: Brows the spectrum. In societies and cultures where younger marriages happen and is common, let it happen. It-
0: okay, dude. Uh, I think you need to go back and be educated as to why we have now banned child marriage. Don't, what do you mean, let it happen if it happens? Don't you see, like, all of the harm that comes out of it? Do you not care about women, about children, about young women? You don't care about these things? You don't care about young women? Just let it happen. Oh, just let it happen. Again, mansplaining. Let it happen. Yeah, I don't care. It's not, it's not my daughter. Let's right? let it happen. It's not happening my daughter, so just let it
2: happen. In modern times, I will be the first person to say that an 11-year-old in modern Arabia or Yemen or Pakistan is not ready for marriage. I'll be the
0: Okay, so he just said 11 year old in Yemen, Pakistan, or Saudi Arabia is not ready for marriage. But he just also said if it's happening in a culture that happens, then it's okay. A uh, really good comment here from Hassan Radwan. If he's saying Muhammad's marriage a young girl was only for its time and we shouldn't follow it today, then what else shouldn't Muslims follow? <laughs> is, it, <laughs> is, it, is it decided on the basis of a Kafir morality? Hmm. I mean, that's what it feels like because the morality, you know, the pressure is on and people realize these things are indefensible, right? It does it does appear to be the case, right? So yeah, let's like that's a good point to to think about. And it's a good point. I mean, he just contradicted himself. He just mentioned a bunch of cultures where they do child marriage, and then he says It's not okay?
2: the first 11-year-old in modern times. I will be the first person to say that an 11-year-old in modern Arabia or Yemen or Pakistan is not ready for marriage. I'll be the first to say this. I'll be the first to say, we need to have laws that are in place that the young lady is now mentally capable of being a married lady. She's physically capable. No problem.
0: (laughs) He's saying... uh, Okay, sorry, I forgot to mute. So it might have been a bit of echo. He's saying... um, I don't know what he's saying. He's contradicting himself so much. Uh, Elvik translated means says, but yeah, but sunny Yemen girls go up faster. Brother, the sun has changed, right? Forget global warming. There's no more. The sun now, it doesn't have the same effect on bananas and, and young girls that it did Before, before, yeah, they got mature faster from the hot sun. Now today, any I don't know. They're not. It's not. It's not happening anymore. It must be the global warming. or no, the climate change issue. The climate climate change is affecting the. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'll, actually, if you look at science, puberty is happening even younger, younger today. I mean, there's a there's a comment there, um, about the puberty happening younger, right? <laughs> In modern times, girls' wombs ripen most slowly because of air conditioning. Yeah, it must be the air conditioning because we don't have the odds on. Like, says I mean it's so comical what it's saying. It's just like it's such a joke.
2: But for our Prophet, it's a different time, different place. Everybody's used to it. Aisha herself is prepared for it. So who are we to get in the middle of their issue that they didn't even have any issue about? And Allah Jalla knows best.
0: <clears throat> okay uh, maybe the enemies him says maybe the enemies said it that they were killed that's why nobody hears But yeah we don't know I mean that's not really a viable take because we have a lot of other things they said right we know in the Quran that he's called a madman he's called a poet he's called this he's called that so this is not a viable take that they did say it and it was not mentioned again it was not it was common back then right so this is this is not surprising if it wasn't the case. Uh, I have another video I want to go to. Just give me a sec. Alrighty, so let me bring it up. Actually, let me quickly go to the comments. Um, yeah, so I just want to kind of point this out, legend. The amount of obfuscation, deflection, and lies is astounding. Stop the cap and stop the tak. stop the takia. So I don't really like to call it takiya because he's, you know, if you look at this this video, I have a strong feeling. I mean, I can't tell for sure. Let me see. Can I tell? No, I can't tell. It's it's cut. But like, this is a video of him. I, I can 99% from the way he's talking. You can tell that this video is him speaking to a Muslim audience. Like, why would you do taqiyah to Muslims for your own? Like, let's say you're a Sunni Muslim imam. Why would you do taqiyah to your own community that already believes in Islam? You see that this, this, this taqiyah meme is overused and it's like, you can't just call taqiyah. Sometimes there's a much better explanation than just cognitive dissonance dishonesty misrepresenting trying to whitewash the religion whitewash i don't know if that's the right word, but basically water down the religion make it more you know friendly or whatever right it's not like there's a conspiracy to like i mean if you usually you you say takia when someone's talking to non-muslims and they're dishonest about it and the takia thing happens to protect yourself from being you know killed or something right it's this isn't it's not this is not that's not what's happening here hassan radwan says it's not takia he believes what he's saying i hate the way takia is thrown around it demonizes muslims in general that's exactly it it's not it's not takia it's like it's it is what it is right it is trying to water down the poor behavior but that's a long word to use yeah okay can you ever stop trying to make it sound like a six-year-old consented to her own marriage it wasn't and wasn't traumatized just because it wasn't in the doctrine. Exactly. He he's trying to make it sound like she consented to it, which she didn't. She wasn't, she wasn't necessarily as happy as she could have been, even if she did show some signs of happiness according to what we know. And you know what, what was it, what was a weird way we shouldn't resurrect this age? I love how he put that. That's 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 like the most <laughs> twisted way of saying we shouldn't have child marriage. <laughs> because he doesn't want to say child marriage because Muhammad married a child then. He doesn't want to admit that, right? Self-delusion is another way of putting it. And um Nim Glace was saying we shouldn't criticize Yasukadi because he's walking a tightrope. Um honestly, if he's putting out content that deserves to be criticized, he he's gonna get criticized. I mean, he's saying things that are he's defending child marriage in a sense, in a sense, he's defending Muhammad. And he does need to be called out i I really do believe he needs to be called out i mean that's for him to worry about his muslim community his his uh income stream that he's getting from them and his you know respect and whatever that's that's his problem not mine my 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 issue is to make it um you know make it clear that this is nonsense right he definitely doesn't believe it. is doing this for clear reasons yeah, I would say so already. Let's continue. I have another video. Yasir Qadhi is gone. Now we have a very soft-spoken Sheikh. Sheikh Hamza Yusuf. And let us see what he has to say. By the way, I missed... Uh, just Let's take a break for one second. Um, oh yeah, here we go. As-and-a-wan. We should definitely critique Yasir Qadhi. He defends a very supremacist form of Islam. I agree. Even though he has this sort of reformist ways, he is very much... Defending Salafism, and he quotes ibn Taymiyyah and stuff right uh exactly he's on YouTube and the internet if he can't take the heat he needs to get out of the kitchen yeah he's actually he's actually doing um a lot of damage you know in a sense he's doing some good too but anyways actually before we get to this, just as a side no no i'll I'll, I'll cover that later that's fine let's let's continue yeah Hamza the glorified white con with <laughs> all right let's let's hear let's hear what. Sheikh Hamza Yusuf has to say.
3: So, uh, very young. There's
0: khilaf about the age, but in Al-Bukhari, khilaf means difference of opinion. And uh, sorry for the koini Nasheed in the background. It's, this is obviously a re-upload,
3: right? He's from Aisha who says that she was six. If you look in the in the uh, the history books and look at the year she died and how old she was. There, some of the ulama say that she, uh, she actually uh, was probably 12. Some say 15. But, and those are, those are reports. They're just considered weak. Which is why he's saying there that the... Um, you know that that means the ulama haqqaq al-mas'ala and this is what they think is the soundest position so there are differences of opinion one of the things today obviously because this is such a strange thing for modern people uh, there there have been several papers and even booklets written trying to uh, prove those other opinions now those opinions like i said are there that she was 12 that she was 15 uh, when she married the Prophet when the actual contract, and then 15 when, when it was consummated. But if you try to apply a modern template onto, onto this period of time, you'll get a lot of problems because this was a different world. And unless... Ah,
0: there we go. This was a different world. Why am I loving what he's saying? does he not realize that he's also just disqualified Islam from the modern world? By eliminating the behavior and the actions of Muhammad, do you see that they've checkmated themselves? They've trapped themselves in the corner. Actually, Muhammad put himself in the corner. I mean, because you can't have it both ways. Either you justify what he did or you don't. And if you don't, he's basically what he's saying can be used against him that in this case there's no there's no need to follow islam in today's days today's age right as, as hassan Erdogan was saying well if this didn't apply what else doesn't apply
3: you recognize that uh, you will run into problems in the in the seerah the prophet وسلم, was born into a very different world than we are living in now he- <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Prophet was born to a really different world that we're living from now. Uh, Hasan Erwan, Islam is for all times except when we say so, yeah, exactly.
3: Human nature doesn't change, but norms change. Norms, the a'raf of people change. In our urf, this would not be acceptable. And this is a masada urfiyya. It's, it's a, a, a it's a question of urf. It's not, and this is why nobody... So I know it's hard to understand what he's saying.
0: I don't know if he's purposely doing this to make it sound like intellectual or something. He's saying it's an orf, which means it's a like um, a custom. It's, it's like the culture or something. He's trying to say this is based on the culture. It's, it's relative from culture to culture.
3: found this strange. Even when uh, Washington Irving, who wrote his book on the Prophet, uh, the famous people who know Washington Irving, he wrote a book on the Prophet Elissam and one one of the, uh, one of the um, uh, uh, he wrote the Alhambra Tales of the Alhambra," and he wrote uh, Rip Van Winkle. People know him from that. but he wrote a life of the Prophet Muhammad Saladdam, and in that life, he mentions that he married Aisha and consummated the marriage at nine, and then he says, "But women of the desert are very precocious." So this is the 1830s.
0: So again, he's trying to say how um, this wasn't an issue. This was uh, people of the... It's it's back to the anthropological argument again. People that are describing, non-Muslims especially, describing what Muhammad did back then without any um, intention to malign, especially... You know, they're just describing it. They're just gonna describe it as it and say, "Yeah, well, that's what happened back then." Like, like whatever. Then they they're not making an implication that it was okay today. And like he, even he's actually he's going even stronger on the side of, um, this is not something we should do today. It was different back then. It was a different world back then. I'm I'm really loving that he's saying this. I don't know if he realizes just how bad it is for him. And
3: and about the age thing, we can we'll we'll, we'll quickly go through that in a bit an American that does not use it as a means of attacking the Prophet and Because in 1830 America, 12-year-olds, it was quite normal for a girl of 12 or 13 to get married. In, 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 in America today, there are states, and there's somebody from Alabama here. I'm not making any jokes about Alabama. But there are states where it's permissible to marry uh, a 13-year-old, a 12-year-old, with consent, you know, adult consent. But People used to get married when when, when the period came. A, a, a girl was biologically capable of having children. Now, if we look also...
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, so I'm just going to pause for a second. Uh Ehrlich Translated Memes makes a good point. What about the Quran? Is it not for all times? What about the worst? About divorcing a non menstrual girl? This is a good point. This is in the slides as well. Um, I didn't get to this yet, and we didn't get to the alternative view of... Let's let's quickly talk about the alternative view. So alternative view here is that uh, Aisha was actually older. This is very, this is coming actually very popular in modern day, which is to me a form of reform. They're trying to like reverse calculate her age. Um, unfortunately, Yasakari didn't talk about it in this, in this clip, but he said in other clips that this is mainly people trying to, they feel uncomfortable with her age. So that's why they're doing this. And this is why they're trying to reverse back date or say that, oh, this happened. And basically you have to throw out all of the hadith all of these hadith about child, 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 doll playing, you know, playing around. Um, you know, I was immature girl. I had playmates. I was on the swing and, you know, I was doing my hair and all these things. You have to throw all that out or reinterpret it somehow to say she was freaking 19 now. I don't know. Anyways, this is becoming more popular. I know some other people like this view, but whatever. It's not It's not convincing. And you'll see Jonathan Brown is going to say the same thing. Um, and we're going to talk about the Quran. Let me see if you can find the slide. Uh, Where is the slide? Give me one second. Oh man, do I lose the slide? Okay, there it is. All right, Uh, I'm sorry for that. I got lost trying to find the slide. So, child marriage in the Quran. All you believe when you marry believing women and divorce them before you have touched them, and there's not for you any waiting period to count concerning them. So, provide for them and give for them a gracious release. So just to explain what's talking about here um it's saying that when you divorce a woman in islam if you divorce a woman it has to be that you um if you slept with her if you had sex with her and you've divorced her you say divorce to her as a man you say divorce to her you say the word divorce and it's it's over you did three times or whatever there's a waiting period an idda period if you had sex with her if you didn't there's no idda period so now we have a verse in the Quran that's explaining what happens if they don't have a period because you, you're counting periods, right? And and as for those who no longer expect menstruation among your women and if doubt, then the period is three months and, oh sorry, so this was the main verse, right? And as for those who have not yet menstruated and as for those who are pregnant and the term is until they give birth and whatever, whatever. And so this this previous verse is explaining the context. I added this, I forgot about that, sorry. Then the actual 65 verse I think it's 65-4. 65-4, four. Four, easy to remember. 65-4, I think. Yes, 65-4. Yeah, so this verse right here in yellow is 65-4. It's saying that, yeah, chapter on how to divorce immature girls. So if you basically have to wait, if there's a waiting period applicable because you slept with her, but she didn't have a period yet. So what does that mean? She didn't have a period yet. Just think about it. She didn't have a period yet means she hasn't hit the age of puberty. Right, and even if she had a period, that does not mean necessarily that she is ready to do this, to have sex. She's not ready to have sex. She may not be ready to have sex just because she had a period. It's not as simple as having a period, guys and girls, right? Muslims. And here are the tafasir that describe what this means, this this surah, this ayah. It's talking about sixty-five for, and as for those who have not yet menstruated, because of the young age, the period shall be three months. As Babul nazul also says, this is the first young woman, young women. Uh, basically, this companion with a long name, uh, Kaysal Ansari, said, Oh Messenger of Allah, what is the waiting period of the woman who does not menstruate and the woman who has not menstruated yet?" So he was asking, and this is when this this verse came about. Ibn Kathir says the same for the young who have not yet reached the age of menstruation. So the the apologist's response is, this is talking about um, women that are too old to menstruate. But as you can see from the tafsir, again, if you're a Sunni Muslim, not a Quranist, Sunni Muslim, you will be looking at the hadith, you'll be looking at the, the, the tafsir, you'll be looking at the full, what the scholars say and everything. It's not just the Quran alone. The Quran alone can be ambiguous at times. And if you're a Quranist, you have a way out of this. You can say this doesn't mean that; it means something else. But if you're Sunni Muslim, you're basically stuck because it's clearly there. And yeah, actually, this is interesting. Muhammad Hijab also means also agrees. This means pre prepubescent girls. And there's a there's a a clip of him where he basically says the Quran puts no minimum age for marriage. He says that, and he's actually trying to say it. The funny thing is, he's trying to. Sort of debunk Quranis, but it, it ends up being a like a self goal score. Like he's ending up by doing this, he's making the Quran look worse than it is. What well, he's trying to say, you need that you basically need, you know, you need to also take the hadith, not just the Quran. But again, it does, it does end up being a very much goal scoring, a uh, self scoring goal thing. Hold on, I see if I can find the video quickly to show you. Um, Ah, shoot. It's someone else's. It must be on someone else's channel because I don't see it here. Age of Merge. Okay, I don't have it handy right now, but that's fine. You you guys can find it if you want. Anyways, yeah, the point is he agrees with that as well. And Elvic translated means hooray, the Quran's not for the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. Okay. All the commentators say it's young girls. Everyone from Muqatil ibn Sulaiman to Marif al-Qur'an. Yeah, I, I guess that is pretty much the case, right? Okay, yeah, we know the video. Yeah, I did show it in the last live stream. Okay, anyhow. So going back to, let's go back to this guy. We're done with this guy and we're back to him.
3: It's important to note that Aisha is by no means an ordinary person. And she is one of the most extraordinary women that has ever lived. Anybody that does a a study of her life will conclude that not only was she a genius, clearly. I mean, you know, you can look at a person. It's very strange for people that study American history. You have to ask, how is it possible that all these men were living at the same time? You know, John Adams and Thomas Jefferson. And and Alexander Hamilton, very unusual people to be living at the same time, because we don't have that. So f- but if you look at the Prophet, the people around him and th- that he was given as companions, it's just it's beyond belief. It's so extraordinary. I mean it's not beyond belief. I meant to be but it is extraordinary. And so the Prophet Okay, I, I wasn't
0: sure if he was gonna expand on that. Um, she has was strongly, basically. <laughs> <historically. laughs> he, he's, uh, his companions were pretty, pretty bad. I don't know what he's talking about. They're the type of, oi, I mean, they did, like, some horrible, cruel things. I mean, like, burning people alive and, like, I, like, do we really need to say how amazing they were? Like, these guys were basically, I, I don't know if I should say warmongers, but, like, basically like that that's what these guys you know Khalid bin Walid and Omar and Abu Bakr and you know they wanted to fight all of these Arab tribes until they would pay the jizya and not the jizya the the zakat right I mean when Muhammad died they all became apostates because they didn't want to pay this money they right? so yeah it's these guys were not great I mean I wish I could I I'd say not even sheep even some of them were very opportunistic you know what I mean so opportunistic people, not even necessarily sheep. Not even necessarily. His, his,
3: his, uh, his marrying Aisha is uh, very significant. She transmits a third of the religion uh, according to, uh, you know, in, in fiqh, she gives us so many misail. She solved many of the problems.
0: Uh, the, the funny thing is, <laughs> I'm laughing because he said she transmitted so many hadith. But he was kind of like, you know, shrugging off the hadith about her being nine, which was translated by her, not translated, transmitted by her. <laughs> so if you want to, the, the same Muslims that want to brag, um, sorry, the, the same Muslims that want to brag that Aisha narrated so many hadith, they also have to admit that she's nine because that some of the hadith include the fact that she was six when she was married and nine when it was consummated that's her hadith right so you can't have it both ways again you know she was also
3: a brilliant poet uh a rawia of poetry she knew all the jahadi poetry and she was raised in the Prophets' house so she she would have learned that in the <laughs> she was literally raised in his house
0: as in, like, child groomed. You know what I mean? Like, she was raised, meaning she grew up in his house because she was a child. He
3: got me there. In the Prophet's house. She was an Asaba. She was a genealogist. She knew the lineage of the Arabs. She was also somebody who um, was very, very uh, independent in her being.
0: Uh, she had. That's true. She was so independent that she started a war against Ali, <laughs> the the cousin and the son-in-law of the Prophet. The wife of the Prophet. She's so independent. She started a war that she ultimately lost, and she ended up being captured as war booty by the by Ali. <laughs> you just imagine, the, the the like, imagine how messed up that is. Within a lifetime of Muhammad dying his wife is captured as war booty of course no one took it as war booty because that was his wife ex-wife she i mean widower widow but i mean just just imagine like how how messed up that is and ultimately that was like in a way that was to her downfall which she did right starting this battle but anyways that's that's a mess that's a that's the human situation, though, right? It's just—it's just a big mess. It's a big mess. It's just—that's—that's that's what you find with human man-made religions. I mean, that's—that's
3: that's all we have is mess. Had her own opinions about things, and she's not suffer fools lightly. She—she's—she's um, just—she's a stunning, extraordinary uh, woman in human history, and so. You know, this idea, this attack on the Prophet, I him today is really quite, it's, 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 it's just an odious, vile, contemptible a smear of his personality, of his honor. And none of us should be in any way, shape or form embarrassed by this, but it needs to be understood within the context of the time, the place and the people. Now, I asked the chief rabbi of one of the chief rabbis of Israel um, I, at a conference I was at in Europe. I asked him in the Torah, in the Talmud, which is their kind of book of narrations and fiqh, and they have all their masaid in there. And I asked him, What what is the youngest that you can marry a, a child for an adult to marry? And he said, There's difference of opinion. They're like us, three rabbis, four opinions. Um and and he uh He's and we have that too. Three imams, four opinions. Because a lot of imams will have two opinions on something, especially Ahmad ibn Hanbal. Um, he has a lot of masail where they don't know the tarjih. They'll have two opinions, so they'll literally narrate them as two opinions. Um, so he he told me he said six is 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 generally the earliest, and then I, and then. Okay, I'm, I'm having
0: a really tough time believing him here. I, I don't believe him. I'm sorry to say I don't believe him. And the reason why I don't believe him is because I did some research on this before. And again, I didn't dig deep. But at least on Wikipedia, they give an age that's much more than six. Six sounds a little bit too convenient. A little bit too convenient that he said six what's more common i think i think the minimum they said on wikipedia for judaism was um 13 or something basically um age of puberty is what they mostly go by so yeah like like really six years old like they said six and that's the exact age that aisha got me come on like who are you fooling man who's who's the name what's this guy's name let's let's hear what the guy's name is nice
3: um, so he he told me he said Sibb and he said which is their kind of book of narrations and fiqh and they have all their Masatit in there and I asked him what what is the youngest that you can marry a, a child it's it's just an old personality of his honor and I, none of us should be in any way shape or form embarrassed by this but it needs to be understood. Within the context of the time, the place, and the people, now I asked the chief rabbi of one of the chief rabbis of Israel um, I, at a conference I was at in Europe. I asked him in the talk <laughs> he didn't mention the name he went from chief Rabbi of
0: Israel to one of the chief rabbis and i mean yes we've we've been saying this since the beginning that we don't care what other religious what the cultures like that's not the point. We have objective signs to show us why this is harmful, even if it is six in Judaism. That's not whatever, like it's the religion's older than Islam. I wouldn't even be surprised, but like it's just funny. It's just funny that it was exactly six. He didn't give any names. I mean, these are what you call red flags when somebody is lying. This is the type of way they say things like yeah i was talking to this guy and uh actually not that guy but another guy and i asked him what what's the age uh what's the age it was 6 like really like it, it's just it's just a little bit too convenient it's just a little bit too freaking convenient even if it is true which i highly doubt it but anyways
3: For, uh, in the talmud which is their kind of book of narrations and fiqh And they have all their Messiah in there. And I asked him, what, what is the youngest that you can marry a, a child for an adult to marry? And he said, there's difference of opinion. They're like us, three rabbis, four opinions. Um, and, and, he, uh, he's, and we have that too, three imams, four opinions, because a lot of imams will have two opinions on something. Especially Ahmed bin he has a lot of masail where they don't know the tarji'ah. They'll have two opinions, so they'll literally narrate them as two opinions.
0: <laughs> I love the dig at Ahmed bin Humble. These guys don't like Hanbalis, right? Because they're very really, like literal and stuff. Uh, that's funny. Um,
3: so he he told me he said six is 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 generally the earliest. And then then I said, uh, and what about consummation? He said nine. And then I said, well, what do they do now? He said,
1: do you believe this?
3: He said six and nine.
0: Okay, Hamza Yusuf is taking us for fools now. Okay, that's just a little bit too much. Okay, I was like a little bit skeptical. But now I'm like, full-blown, dude is lying. Dude is lying. There's just no way. There's no way. There's no way the guy said you can marry them at six and consummate it at nine. That's bullshit. (laughs) Yeah, maybe it was a rabbit. (laughs) It was a rabbit. He was on LSD and he saw a rabbit that was talking to him. He's like, he thought it was a rabbi. (laughs) The rabbit told him six and nine. Yo, like cut the cut the cap, man. No, Rabbi told you this. This is bull. This is for sure a lie. This is for sure for sure a lie. He
3: said well most rabbis they'd have to be at least 13 uh, before they would do the marriage. So again, it's a orf. So if you're looking at the Jewish tradition itself, they have the same laws in their tradition. And they know that this is a pre-modern uh, norm. So, even though the modern society, I would not personally be happy for anybody in the West to marry a girl that was under fifteen. You know. Oh snap! I I feel like we need to play that again. So even though the modern society, I would not personally be happy for anybody in the West to marry a girl that was under fifteen.
0: Okay, so now, now it depends if she's in the West. This Islam is like constantly changing and like, it's like the time was different back then. The West is different. The hot sun is different. I don't, this is just comical. You know, at times like this, when when i when i when I go through videos like this and you know we're actually I love the fact that you guys are live with me here and you know we're 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 live and we're we're actually helping each other coming some of the comments here are like really helping the live stream and making it better. I really appreciate you guys and what you're saying and you know it's actually it's it's like a you know the energy level is it goes up at times like this after watching stuff like this, and I always think back on how People ask me, you know, why don't you become Muslim again? Or is there a chance to become? And I'm just like, do you guys, you guys don't even know. Like, someone's asking, you don't even realize how broken Islam is. It's so dismantled, broken, fallen apart. It's in pieces. The pieces are in pieces. The holes are not even holes. There's like, the pieces are holes. Like, the holes are like everywhere. Like, it's just like, it's not even Swiss cheese. It's like <laughs> the holes in the Swiss cheese is, is what you have left now. It's That's, that's how bad it is. <clears throat> There's no way. There's just no way this is from God. There's no way. This entire religion is man-made from the beginning to the end. The entire thing, even if you believe the Quran from God, the entire thing is man-made basically calculations and assumptions and interpretations. There's no way. There's just no way to... To make this work anymore you can't put the genie back in the lamp it's just so done so done and this one topic alone you know shows you just how bad it is it's like asking if you can put toothpaste back in the tube exactly right it's just like thank you for the
3: super chat ultra okay let's let's finish the video um, i don't i don't think it would be uh appropriate in our environment or conditions but it you know, there are girls now in America that are 12, 13, having children. And
0: I uh, go again about America. Dude, America is not the end all and heal all of everything. We don't, we don't worship America, despite what you guys think. Okay, America has its problems. We get that. I mean, just look at the recent news, right? Yeah, like I think people are starting to realize that what he's saying is just a little bit too convenient for words. I just feel sad that he's such a he's lying like this, he's just lying to these people. It just makes me mad. Okay, Nim Gleis, Abdullah, you were Muslim. How did you justify this crap then? Uh, a lot of the crap I justified was by listening um, <clears throat> to these guys and not being critical about it. I didn't have my critical hat on. You know, a lot of times, unless somebody points out to you that this is something that you need to question, you don't question it because. Hum's the use of like in another video, I just, I don't know, I just randomly found this one, I don't know why, but in another video he has, he's like crying and he's like, I don't need to justify Muhammad, what he did to Aisha, you know, Aisha, I think I even responded, I did a response video to that actually, and it's just like, yeah, this is, you guys have to justify, I, you know, I believe God told him to do this, you know, God showed him this, whatever, whatever, so why do I need to justify this, I don't need to justify this, right? Um, that's kind of like how I was. And I wasn't critical. It's, you know, the floodgates open up when you start when you start questioning, when you start thinking about it, when you start looking into it, you start to realize, holy crap, this is like pretty bad. And thank you guys all for the likes. Appreciate it. If you're new here, please do subscribe. I forgot to point out that um, this is a new channel. It's been running for a few years now, but, um, you know, I still have a bunch of subscribers. I haven't moved over even yesterday, last week had someone mentioned to me, I didn't know you had a new channel. <laughs> I was like, I've been uploading on this channel for a long time now. So, yeah. Uh You stay dumb, one of the comments says. You stay dumb because the Muslim way of thinking is do not question anything. Do not criticize anything. Do not freely think for yourself. Yeah. Basically, you know, I see this even more so among certain communities more than others. So, for example, in the Desi sort of Sufi community, Sufi slash non-Salafi people that follow mudhubs. When I when I bring up some of the points, they always almost instantly they come up with Let's go talk to the Molana, let's go talk to Molvi Saab at the Masjid, right? Molvi Saab who doesn't know the first thing about any of this stuff, he has no clue about these issues. He's gonna help me. He's gonna help you. <laughs> Give me a break. But this is what happens. Like they they don't they're like Yeah, it kind of sounds like bad what you're saying, but yeah, the, the Sheikh will have an answer for you. And that's it that's the done they don't even care they just like accept it like that and it's just whatever they don't want to dig any deeper they don't want to talk about it they don't want to think about it it is
1: what it is so that's how it was for me too Okay, I'm sorry. I've been muted, and then I, there's two different mute buttons on here,
0: and uh, I apologize for that. Oh Jesus. Okay, what I was saying, I said Jesus. I my my takia came out. I'm actually a Christian. I'm saying Jesus, <laughs> but that's a popular vernacular of my culture that I grew up in. So I say I say Jesus and oh my God and stuff like that. Sorry, that doesn't mean I believe in Jesus or God or whatever. This is like embarrassing. Sorry. What I was saying was no. We're talking, he's talking about, uh, yeah, it's Allah's image. We're talking about young girls and guys getting having sex, like premarital sex or whatever. Nobody's saying this is a good thing. It's not a good thing, if you ask me. I'm not in public health, but I can tell you, I've read some books on this topic, and it's not a good thing if you're not emotionally and physically mature. Young, my kids, I would encourage them, highly encourage them to delay having sex until much, you know, until the they understand what they're getting into, they're ready for the consequences, potential consequences, having a child and whatever. Right? There needs to be, you know, some proper commitment between the 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 couple. They need they need to be like a proper stable relationship because you don't want them breaking up and having kids and abortions and all of these things. You don't want that, right? So there needs to be some so and if you ask Hamza Yusuf, is that a good thing, what you're saying? Clearly, he's going to say that's not a good thing. But he's saying this is a good thing in Muhammad's case. Like, again, you're having your cake and eating it too. You have your so-called rabbi that said six and nine. And now, now you're trying to say that uh, these guys are snake oil salesmen. Like, we can, does anyone not see that now? Like, does everyone see that? These are snake oil salesmen. They they are coming up with any sort of off op- the up. Op- obfuscating the issue the the basically trying to make it you know all these like arguments about why it's okay but half of the things they're saying they themselves are not okay with he wouldn't let his child get married married even not just sex not he wouldn't even let his own child his own daughter get married yet he's trying to say like as if this is like yeah this is what's happening nowadays like as if it, this makes it okay that's the unspoken thing he's trying to say that it's okay because of this so there was a super chat I'm just gonna Okay the okay I I almost forgot the super chat. So let's <clears throat> okay let's take a look at the super chat and the comments. America beautiful comment from Camso. America is not receiving anything from God. It's a man-made ideology exactly. You guys are claiming you have it from God, right? Uh John Stopman saying you went up from 25.7 to 26k subscribers. Yay, yes, it's going well. It's 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 getting there. Uh Hassan Arwan, when I was a Muslim, I used to put difficult issues in a box called God will explain later. My faith in the whole enabled me to give a free pass to difficult issues. That's exactly what happened to one of my friends too. That when I was leaving Islam, I was talking to him about these issues, and then he said, "Okay, look, I can answer some of your questions, but like the other ones, I again, I'm t- I have a leap of faith box." That's what he did. Same as like how Hassan said it. It was like, "Yeah, I'm. I basically have faith overall in Islam and Muhammad. So these things I can't explain. I'm just gonna." And I asked him, I said, okay, what if I come up with something else that I can, do you want to talk about? He's like, no, I don't want to talk about it. So he he was willing to help me out and explain to me why he thinks that this was actually bad and whatnot. But like the things that, why I was wrong, I mean, about my doubts in Islam. But but he didn't want to continue the conversation because he wasn't, he was done with it. He, he'd made peace with it. And he was like, okay, now I'm done. I'm just not, I'm just not, I don't want to
1: think about anything. Islam thrives on ignorance and lack of understanding of the Arabic and lack of access to information.
0: Yeah, that's that's that. Those are some of the issues, right? Okay, Chat here. I think the Sassanids at the time had the minimum age at twelve, but the Byzantines had the minimum age at fourteen. But nine was completely unheard of. Yeah, it was not it was not common, but I think again it was within it was within the range. It was a lower end for sure, right? And which is why he got away with it. <clears throat> excuse me, Savali Goswami, Goswami uh, thank you for the kind comment, what a journey, how far you've grown from your first video, Abdullah, you're such an asset to the national world, yeah, thank you so much, it's so kind of you, um, and he said that while I was talking, I was muted, <laughs> muted, sorry, 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 I mean, I was muted for quite a while, oh dear, uh, okay, yeah, you're a 53-year-old ugly guy, um okay <laughs> sorry guys for the mute i'm just going through all the comments that were like is it a genuine mic oh dear okay jabril got me yeah he squeezed me like a ketchup tag oh how i wish we could do um the next series we need to do the 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 epileptic profit response but usually abdul gondol is not available on the weekend and i'm only available on the weekend so um sound is back please rewind okay yeah, did you guys? Oh, I didn't realize you guys. Did you guys not hear what Hamza Yusuf had to say? Hamza Yusuf. Hamza Yusuf basically said that. Um, okay, let me let me do it again, the, just in case.
3: So even though the modern society, I would not personally be happy for anybody in the West to marry a girl that was under fifteen. You know. um, I don't, I don't think it would be uh, appropriate in our environment or conditions. But, it, you know, there are girls now in America that are 12, 13 having children. And they're having sex at, you know, 10 now. So, the, the, you know, these are this.
0: Why does he have Okay, now I figured out why the mute problem happened. I have the same shortcut set up in my streaming software and StreamYard. Why does he have a big smile on his face when he's talking about this? It's this such a weird look. Like, do you guys see how, like, creepy this looks? Like, what? You're smiling when you're talking about this. Like, you're some, like...
3: I don't, I don't think it would be uh, appropriate in our environment or conditions. But it... You know, there are girls now in America that are 12, 13, having children and they're having sex at, you know, 10 now. So, the, the, you know, these are this, this. is there's a book by Robert Epstein called The Case Against Adolescence, and he's arguing that you need to start treat treating young people more like adults because they really are adults and it's treating them like children that causes all this adolescent behavior.
0: uh, oh my goodness again trying to make kids into adults can you guys leave kids alone please like seriously can you just leave (laughs) leave our damn kids and let them be kids we don't want kids to be adults man life is freaking horrible enough and painful enough as it is let them enjoy their childhood let them have some fun in life let them you know do some shit and like not have to worry about responsibilities. God, I hate this. Like, oh man, I, I, I not. I don't like to. Um, yeah, not, not kids, just little girls. Leave, like specific little girls are focusing on, right? And and this, I hate to say this, but like, you know, he sounds like a predator. It's true. He's the things he's saying. It's like it's, in, it's like you, you, you're, you're trying. On one hand, he's saying Islam is, you know, shouldn't do this thing in today's age. That day was different. Now he's going on about all these things that are happening today as if it's a justification. Make up your mind, dude. If you think it's bad, it's bad. Then why are you using this? What about it? If it's not bad, yeah. And he said the book was in by Epstein. I think that's a different Epstein, not the same Epstein. (laughs) Oh, dear. Oh man, let kids have let kids be kids, yeah. And and he's obviously um, over exaggerating the situation. This is not, I don't think this is that common. Um, but anyways, maybe it is. I don't know, whatever. I, I don't have time to look it up. I don't want to like boil you guys by Google that. You guys can Google that if you want and see if this is actually the case.
3: Yeah, uh, he has a lot of social science to back up his views. People forget also. Uh, the 50, 60 years ago in the United States, it was quite common for again.
0: Again, he's justifying it. I'm just gonna leave some comments. Alzia said, I saw I'm pronouncing your name long, Alizia. Exactly, he's condemning it and then trying to find cases to justify it by telling people to treat six-year-olds as adults. This is exactly what's happening, right? It's like, yo, what? Like, yeah, he's read so many books to justify child marriages, <laughs> creepy. Exactly. It's like, what are you, what are you saying,
3: man? Like, make up your mind. Girls fourteen to get married. Uh, for people that know uh, William Durant's work, Muriel Durant is the his wife. He married her when he was, I think, in his early thirties, and she was, I think, thirteen. Years old, and she became a world class historian under his tutelage and co wrote that book, The Story of Civilization, uh, which I think is still in print. So, so... are you justifying child glooming so we can
0: get nice books? Uh, dude, I'm just going to divine what he said because it's, yeah, as, as Hassan Radwan said, it's a scattergun approach, hoping one of the things he says stay I'm just going to rewind. I hate this background music. I hate it. I hate when they do this. I just, I want to listen to the, but it's not only Islamic channels. Sometimes they put music on regular channels too. I just want to hear the guy talk. Like if I'm here coming to hear a lecture, I am i don't want in the background. It's annoying, right? Uh, but let me, let me just, uh, I'm just going to rewind what he just said. Because it, it literally sounds like he's justifying pedophilia. Like it it that's exactly what it sounded like. Just let me the line so I'm I'm not being unfair.
3: Muriel Durant is the his wife. He married her when he was, I think, in his early 30s, and she was, I think, 13 years old. And she became a world-class historian under his tutelage.
0: Okay. He's definitely justifying pedophilia now. Amza Yusuf has now become. A pedophilia apologist. Like literally justifying pedophilia. He just said. This 30 year old guy made a 13 year old. And she became a will. Look at the big smile on his face. Like, this guy belongs in the FLDS. Seriously. Like this is like. <sighs> um, I want to show you guys something. Something I read because it's it's like a counterpoint. Counterpoint to his stupidity. It's his, this nonsense. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. I want to show you guys something. This guy, I read about this guy in one of the books I'm reading. I forgot which book I am. Anyways. Laszlo Polga, the man who raised three child prodigy, prodigies. Not... Three child wives. Guys, read this. Child prodigies meaning his kids, not his wives. Okay, get it straight, Hamza Yusuf. This guy was a researcher from Hungary who studied intelligence, had a fascination with understanding geniuses. He, oh yeah, this was on the book on grit. The book is called Grit. Anyways, so what he did was he raised his, ki- his kids from a very young age to become masters of chess. This is one example. Susan Polga, second daughter, Sophia Polga, and each daughter consecutively became better and better she so first daughter was a top ranked player. the second daughter became the sixth top female chess player. I don't know why chess matters male and female, but it seems to be a difference there, but anyways, the third daughter became the best female chess player in history, and she he did not he's not sleeping with her, okay. This is not his wife. This is his daughter. If I, if this is like, this is a strong enough counterpoint to make the point that you don't need to marry children to have child, pro- I mean, like, <laughs> what the hell is going on here? What am I hearing? I, I, I wasn't expecting this. I didn't even listen to this whole video before doing this presentation because I was like, yeah, he's going to say some things, but like, What he's saying is super, super bad now. He's justifying a marriage to a child because that's what his prophet did. After saying, you don't need to marry, this this, this is not applicable anymore, we don't do this anymore. Now this old dude, I mean, was not even as old as Muhammad. He was 30, he said. Married a 13-year-old. Again, not as young as, again. The situation is not even as extreme as Muhammad. But this, you can't justify this shit, dude. You cannot justify child marriage. Why are you justifying it?
3: Why are you being a pedo man? <laughs> like this is bad. And co-wrote that book, The Story of Civilization, uh, which I think is still in print. So. He says, this, is
0: not, this should not be done in this day and age. And then in the same breath, he says to justify it in this day and age. Frankly, I have more respect for hard-line Salafis who say it as it is exactly. What is this nonsense?
3: you know even in our own culture we do have uh, we do have that in our past but not
0: (laughs) checkmate peters i saw i gotta fix my shortcuts here because every time I, i press the shortcut to mute it's muting the wrong one give me a second to just fix this hotkeys i'm gonna delete this okay there okay so it's not gonna happen anymore now okay good 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 yeah checkmate like literally checkmate right how can a Greek person with ancestors with Aristotle and Plato's troops to such lows? I know. It's just like, oh, man. It's, I don't think he hears himself. This is, like, so bad. Oh, man. Oh, dear. Like, this is awful. Awful, awful, awful.
3: Not in our present. And that's why it's, for some people, that's a little difficult. Anyway, I, you know, I, I elaborated on that just because it is an issue that does come up. But I think it's very important to recognize that Aisha Radilanu, by merely reading the Hadith w- with Aisha, you will come very quickly to recognize that this was not a a, a little girl. This was a very dynamic, mature young uh, woman who stood her own ground with the Prophet himself. Disagreed with
0: Yeah, uh, like a young girl had to stand her own ground against a grown-up man. According to your you know, thinking just which is which was justified. Like, is that how it should be? Shouldn't you marry a woman that's your age or like closer to your age that at least has re- reached the age of consent? Nope, there's no idea, there's no
3: concept of consent back then, right? With him on more than one occasion. If you want to know the level of her erudition, um, for those who know Arabic, the hadith of Umzara uh, will show you the type of.
0: Yeah, Hamza Yusuf is a teacher. Yeah, this comment is really good. Uh, a six-year-old woman. Yeah, exactly. It's a six-year-old girl, not a woman. She wasn't a woman at six. Give me a break. When you surround yourself with psychopants and yes-men, you're unable to see the absurdity of what you're saying. That's exactly true. And this is a great comment. Uh, this one, authentically superficial said, yeah, she stood the ground and he beat her in the chest. Yeah, at least one example we have of that, right? And even her father hit her. She was one hadith where she was uh, she had Muhammad on her lap and and her, her dad hit her.
3: Ayyab wrote a commentary on that book that was published in Morocco.
0: Okay, that's the end of that. Um, and I do we do need to end off the stream because we're getting to the end here. Two hours. Okay. X, X, W, L, Z, X, X. I'm not sure what I'm, is that like a normal numeral or something? I don't I don't know. Anyways, uh thanks for your super chat again. Uh a dollar five. I guess that's Australian money. Australia. Uh, I've been in the Dao scene for a while and I've yet to meet a single Muslim who doesn't meet the criticisms of Islam with endless whataboutism. Yeah, I guess if you're if you're a believer, you have to come up with some way of justifying what you believe in, right? And continue to hold on to it because how else would you would you stay Muslim, right? Uh, I'm just gonna quickly look at the slides and just see if I missed anything. No, I didn't. It looks like we went through everything. That's cool. Uh, thank you guys for uh, who donated and for showing up as well, and uh, for the super chats and Arabic uh, translated memes. Thanks for the memes. I used one of your memes today in the in the presentation. Uh, this one right here. If you guys haven't seen Arabic translated memes, exmuslimmemes.com. Check that out. He has some good stuff on there. Uh, a lot of good content. Yeah, and Aisha said that believing women were beated, beaten green. That was one of the comments she made as well. Uh, that was, yeah, that was awful. Actually, I want I wanted to share something else, which I forgot to comment on. Oh, wait, wait it's a long link. Colin. Oh, I hear this. Yeah, as an aside, there was a couple of things that I wanted to kind of point out. This was one of them. This was an interesting documentary that I watched. Um, this is a sad situation that's happening. With, I mean, it happened. It might still be happening. Actually, yeah, this is this is recent. This came out just a while ago. Saudi children left behind. It's a story of these young men that have been. I guess even women too, but they they give it in this in the movie. It's men. So this this guy, his dad came to America had sex with his mom and then ran away and left him behind and never never went back to, to see him, never spoke to him, never called him, didn't want anything to do with him. He tried to go to Saudi to meet the guy. And unfortunately, you know, he didn't, um, like his dad didn't want to see him. He did meet his cousin. He managed to find his cousin, but it's just like, yeah, it's, you know, anyways. Uh, Zara, thank you for the super chat as well. A uh, super sticker, I mean. Uh did you check Um Zara's hadith? I'm not sure which hadith that is. I I need to look that up. Okay, you made that name when you were a kid. <laughs> okay, awesome. Yeah, so yeah, this was a great great conversation. Hassan Radwan, what about Islam is a sixth pillar of Islam? Yeah, exactly. I would I would tag his college since they have YouTube channels. You mean like Zaytuna? Yeah, I I don't want to. I don't want to poke the the beaver too much. Uh, whatever you call it, poke the fo- what's the word? Poke the dog fox. This is an animal. No, I don't want to poke them. porcupine. I don't want to poke them too much because, you know, I prefer that this content stays up. Um, who gives these guys visas? Yeah, the, the culture is really bad because these guys they have this sort of like entitlement. They come here, they they lie to these women, they marry them, and then they. They the the government is actually fully pays for them to come and study, right? When you watch the documentary, you'll see they actually come to America and study free of charge, and then they just ditch the why not even wives, the, the girlfriends or whatever they ditch them and they abandon them. And there's even this like little kid here, con mi,
1: con mi papá papá this little kid wants poder- to, um,
0: wants to meet his dad, he's abandoned as well, right? It's sad, man. I'm, I'm not saying this is a uni- poking the bear, thank you. This is a. This is not unique, obviously, only to to Saudis, but like this is this was a big issue and ended up in the Saudi news and stuff, right? It was like I, I'm not going to ruin the documentary, but they 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 ended up in in Saudi. It became an issue, right? Because they made a blog. So then, what happened was they started the blog. Got some news and ended up in in some of the and and you, it's funny listening to them justify it. It's so stupid. Like when you hear these sheikhs, like justifying, <laughs> it's like the problem is not exclusive to Saudis. It happens to Saudis. Hey, give me a break, anyways. It, it's worth watching. Uh, what else I want to show? Oh, yeah, this was interesting as well. Ilhan Omar was booed at a Minnesota Somali concert, she was booed because uh, she's not that popular in the Muslim community, and the reason why was because she she speaks more about Palestine than she does about Somalia right so you know this is a very Muslim issue the the Palestine thing it's become a it's become a very Muslim issue right a very you know for the if you want to like get the Muslim community like you you always talk about Palestine right but like she doesn't talk about her own community which is um, Somalia right and I know you can't read that it's too tiny but anyways that was kind of funny that this happened to us. she's kind of her, her community is feeling like they let she let them down, so yeah, we're we're obviously seeing that this is you know this is not I don't know if she's doing it for show or if she's actually just like loves Palestine for some reason. I mean, Palestine is a social issue that some people care about, but like it's weird that as an American, that's like the most important thing. Somali American, and you don't talk about yeah, she does talk about LGBT as well, which I think is a good thing. But it's weird that she doesn't. Oh, is, you think that's what's happening here? Well, interestingly, it says in the article. Let me read this. Yeah. Okay. So okay. So the, the article in particular claims it's because uh, many Somalis, it says, had not used her seat to advance U.S. Somali ties. Instead, she made Palestinian issue a cornerstone of the congressional activism. So this article in particular. Is explaining like this is an op-ed in the Washington Post. Right? It's linking to the Washington Post and the Hill. Uh, that this is actually the issue here. Uh, I'm seeing ad. This, this must be Somali clothing. It's pretty nice. Anyways, not not really Islamic, of course, but um, I yeah maybe also because of the LGBT thing. I don't know. I'm not sure. Already, yeah, Ilhan Omar has failed her community. I, I guess that is yeah. That's the problem here, right? she's not really taking care of the community. She's speaking more about the Middle East, right? So, whatever. I mean, I don't know the details. I'm not into politics, but I just thought that was interesting. Already, so we we went through this one. I, I kind of I don't know if we should have we have time for this. It's already been two hours. Um, let's quickly go to. Let's let's see what this guy has to say quickly. I, I let's see if there's anything of of input here That's that's worth talking about
3: Uh, anybody who wants to insult the prophet
1: they had tons of information
0: okay you know what actually i'm tired and it's um yeah he's going to go over many of the same things i think you know we've given this topic justice now i felt like last last week talking about it um I didn't really get into all of the content I wanted to. I didn't get to talk about the health issues. I didn't get to really respond to the shakes. We kind of like just showed them on the screen, but this was actually fun. This was much better. Really love the energy level and uh, what everyone was contributing. Please do subscribe if you're new here. Thanks for watching. And I'm going to try to do this every week if possible. So, you know, love you guys. It was a good, it was a really good stream. Thank you so much. And uh, I'll see you guys uh, next week. Uh, thanks for watching. and. um As AP would say, say, stay away from Islam. And this is your friendly ex-Muslim Abdullah Simula signing out.